0: Hall of Fame would will, will truly be the, the highest individual honor I can have as a, as a football player. Welcome to a celebration of Jacksonville Jaguars left
1: tackle, Tony Vaselli's induction in the National Football League Hall
0: of Fame. What makes it even more special for me is I want to represent this organization and this fan base because I know it's important to them as well. For them to care that much means a ton to me. Join Jaguars.com senior writer, John Hozier,
1: as he sits down with the people who know Tony, both professionally and personally.
0: Hall of Fame left tackle, Anthony Munoz. John, thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be with you and looking forward to talking about him. It's not not hard for me to talk about him.
1: I got to tell you, the first thing I've got to hear, and I talked to you about it right before we came on the air. You were able to be the person who told Tony he was getting into the Hall of Fame. And I know you've had a lot of moments in your career, Anthony. You've had a lot of moments in your life that are special. But I've got to believe that's up there on the cool scale in terms of experiences and in terms of the anticipation leading to that. That had to be a lot of fun.
0: Well, first of all, let's kind of set the table. You know, we have to give credit to Dave Baker, and George Ferris, Dave Baker, the previous president of the Hall of Fame, brought the knock to the Hall of Fame. Of course, prior to this year, most people who watched the knock saw Big David, 6'9", 400 pounds going to the, the hotel door and knocking on the door. And I'm sure the door rattled a little bit with that size. Uh, so David brought the knock to the Hall of Fame. I thought, I thought it was a great thing that we were doing. Of course, David uh, retires. And in conversations, uh, the Hall decides, Jim Porter, the new president, decides, let's have a hall of famer. One of the existing hall of famers go and welcome the new hall of famers into the class. And I'm thinking, man, this is an amazing opportunity for, you know, the guys that are in the hall of fame to welcome new team members. I mean, we, you know, my, I envisioned showing up, I never thought I would get a chance to do it, but I envisioned myself showing up with my gold jacket, somebody's front door knocking on the door and just say, Hey, welcome to Cant, man. We're now teammates. And, uh, This year, when Jim Porter decided to implement this, the knock into Hall of Famers welcoming the new class, they called me and said, would you like to go to Jacksonville and welcome Tony Baselli into the Hall of Fame? I said, do you even have to ask? When do I have to be there? When's my flight leave? When am I leaving? So I had the opportunity to fly down to Jacksonville. And you have to understand, we knew that he was in. I mean, I didn't know right away, but of course, the, the selection committee knew. So this, up until the knock, it had to be kept secret. We talked at Super Bowl, and so it had to be kept secret because even though we did the knock, it still wasn't announced until the honor. So even the time between the selection, the knock, and then the Hall of Fame. So, you know, credit to Angie Vasili. I mean, she knew she had it under wraps. She put it all together. Uh, so I jumped on a jet, met George Varis, met the NFL network crew there, and I tell you what, it was exciting. It was exciting because... Uh, not only to welcome another offensive lineman of tackle in the NFL, but of course you have to mention both Trojans, uh, both left tackles that played at USC. And uh, so I had a chance to fly down there. Tony was at the house of a, a really, really good friend. knock on the door, the whole family behind us and the film crew they're hiding. And Tony opens the door and it was just amazing to be able to give Tony a hug and say, welcome to Canton. Uh, what an honor for me to, to present you as a, a new member of the pro football hall of fame. And, You know, one of the – you know, we had a chance to sit down and do a one-on-one interview, and there's a lot of things we talked about. But one of the things I had to share with Tony, and a lot of people didn't realize this, that six days after my last game in 1992, I got a job offer to go back to L.A. and be the offensive line coach for John Robinson at USC. Uh, And I turned it down. I went into broadcasting instead. Uh, And one of the linemen there at USC at the time was Tony Baselli. So I was very close to to going back and coaching. I, I joked. I said, Tony, and maybe it was a good good thing that I didn't take the job. I might have messed you up uh, <laughs> in college. You might have not been here. But uh, no, it was um, it was a thrill. I mean, a, a, it was a lifetime, a memory for me, experience to be able to welcome a fellow Hall of Famer into Canton, especially Tony Baselli, a former USC guy that you know we you know. Long, he's a lot younger than me, so we didn't actually play together, but we're alumni of USC. But now I can say we're teammates forever as members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
1: It, it's interesting because uh, somehow, maybe, I'm sure it's the USC connection, the great left tackle connection, but it's also the fact that he was always very open that, you know, you were his hero. You were the guy that he admired. Um, so there's always been sort of a connection even before this moment. Uh, Did you feel that sort of connection? And I guess my big question is, how well did you know Tony before this, you know, before that day, before this time? And have you gotten to know him better through this?
0: Well, I can say I knew him, but not really well. A couple, you know, I had a chance to broadcast a couple of his games. I think the one moment that I really enjoyed, not only watching him in college, watching him in the NFL, but after I retired, I um, I was working in the media and I, I had an assignment. They flew me to Jacksonville. Tony was playing and we went on the field. We both had sweats on and it was just like, let's just Q and a, I asked him questions and they just filmed. I mean, it was like a minute piece they were doing, but we had a chance to hour, hour and a half on the field and just talk technique, talk football. You know, he asked me questions. I had, I asked him questions. And that's probably the first time I really got to know Tony was just spending some quality time talking football. And of course, over the years, uh, I've known Tony, uh, you know. Since then, I went down, played in a golf tournament in March at Sawgrass, right in his backyard. Uh, called him. Uh, he, we played together on Friday, uh, Friday morning before, actually Friday morning before the Saturday tournament. So uh, it's been fun, you know. We're out uh, at Super Bowl. We're both at the USC UCLA basketball game. They announced Tony and his family. I got a chance to run out in the court and give him a hug. But yeah, it's uh, and you know, even though you might not see guys all the time, especially you know, where you played college, it, there's always that instant sure. connection, uh, like you've, like he's a good friend and and he is a great friend, but now that we're in the hall together, I'll, I'll you know, I'll get to see him even more. And it's funny, another question, uh, in our sit down interview, I got to share this. And I'll let you go on, but we sat down and one of the first questions he asked me, he goes, now do I get a chance to be invited to your golf tournament? And uh, <laughs> So, because the only guys I fly into my golf tournament, which has taken place like two and a half weeks, I only fly in the Hall of Famers, and I said, "You will get your information. You're officially invited to my golf tournament." And Tony and Angie were one of the first to, to confirm, and they're coming up to Cincinnati, uh, you know, the second week of jo- June to play in my Foundation Golf Tournament. So I am thrilled that he's in the Hall, and we're now uh, teammates. This
1: is really, you know, and I'm sitting here listening to you talk about him, and I'm thinking to myself, here's a. A hall of famer, as I said at the top, who's obviously experienced a lot, but it's obviously your your enthusiasm for joining me even today. This is one of those cool moments, isn't it? Where like you go through life and there's stuff that happens, but this is sort of a time that you remember, right? Even for somebody like yourself who's been through it,
0: it really is. I mean, you know, to be able because you know having played in the league is a special fraternity. And then you, you step it up. Now you got, what, 383 in a really, really elite fraternity of the Hall of Fame. So, you know, the fact that you can be the individual that actually says, hey, welcome to the team, welcome to Canton, man, that's, that's really exciting. And that they would ask me to do that, very humbled, very thrilled. Uh, and I just, you know, all the guys that get the, got to do it this year, Kurt Warner and Charles Haley, and, you know, I just can't wait for the, fall, you know, for the upcoming years with more and more Hall of Famers getting involved and get a chance to do that. I mean, you know, if anybody watched the, the Leroy Butler one, man, I was crying the whole time to have, one, you know, another player have him, Charles Haley, you know, I think it was Bryant Young threw him into the pool after they finished. And, uh, you know, so it's like, man, there's an instant brotherhood. So it is, it's a lot of fun, uh, excitement, and, and to be able to say that I was in the inaugural class of uh, being involved in the knock is very special.
1: Um, Before I move on, uh. Was there anything else? Obviously you guys talked for a long time that day and I'm sure a lot of things didn't air. Was there anything else that struck you from your conversation with Tony that day?
0: No, just, you know, there's just things we talked about, about being a hall of famer. I said, you know, one of the things I said, I'm sure you signed a lot of autographs, but people now are not going to care about what number you wore with Jacksonville. You know, you'll be Jacksonville, Jaguar forever, but they don't care about number 71. It's like HOF in your year. That's what they want on it. And uh, he did. He said, I got to confess when I was at events and I saw you sign your name with that HOF 98 and other guys that I wanted to be able to do that so badly. And he said, so finally now he can sign a Tony Baselli, you know, HOF. And uh, so it, it's pretty cool. And just talked about little things like that. And uh, you know, I saw him in March. I said, so how are things going? And he said, you know, they're going well, but you're a little crazier. So you know just kind of things of what it means to be in the hall and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him not only at my tournament but the Hall of Fame weekend.
1: Like everything this process has changed so much. It, even in the last 10 years, it's so hope, it's so high profile now because NFL network because the speeches are live. I can remember when I was a kid watching Hall of Fame stuff and you really weren't as aware of it as you are now. Uh yeah. you know we're old school guys, Anthony, but I've got to think that's one thing that's changed. That's pretty cool, right? The fact that this is such a big deal now—that's uh, okay, right?
0: I think it's great. I think the, you know, the draft being a, a huge thing. You know, the combine, everything is such a big production now. So, hey, why not? You know, here you got the best of the best going to Canton, Ohio. I love the fact, and of course, like you said, it wasn't like that when you know when I went in. You know, it's funny, you you watch the draft and uh, the year I was drafted, which was like 80 years ago, that was the first, it was 1980. That was the first year that ESPN carried the draft, but they didn't have guys flying to New York. They didn't have videos. They just kind of had their notes reading, you know, they said, oh, by the way, oh, we got a guy here that wasn't expected to be drafted, Anthony Munoz. Let's pull the notes out on him. But, uh, you know, so I'm I'm thrilled that uh, it's such a big production now and the guys really get the spotlight.
1: How much media did you do on your draft day?
0: Uh, I did one interview. Okay, that's what, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody that played in Cincinnati and everyone that followed NBC back in the 80s and 90s remembered Bob Trumpy. Yep. You know, he was with Dick Amberg. Bob was a big radio you know, talk show host guy here in Cincinnati. And draft day, we had Brad Buddy, who was our strong guard, went number 11 to the Chiefs. I went number three to the Bengals. We had room together for our freshman year in college. We were really close friends. And we were both on an interview with Bob Trumpy, In the old landline day, we were in the sports information director's office, Jim Perry. We were each on a phone, and we did an interview, and that was it. That was it. it. My wife and I hung out at our one-bedroom apartment there on campus and uh, just enjoyed it with friends. But, uh, yeah, we didn't do a whole lot of media.
1: Uh, Tell me about Tony. We talked a little bit about the Super Bowl, but I want to get into a little bit of X's and O's. Uh, What made him him? I mean, you know much about left tackles, anybody uh why was he so good
0: well you know it was just everything i mean his side you know people look at him and see the size he's got he had the size but you know he was athletic i mean he had the long arms he was athletic he had leverage you know for a lot of times tall guys have a tendency not to be able to bend at the knees and get down he could get low he played with leverage and he used his hands well so when i look at a left tackle i mean that's what i look at flexibility being able to move out in space you have the nice hand uh, usage, uh, strength, and then there was a little bit of that nastiness, and was, uh, I think all linemen need. So uh, when I looked at him, when I watched him play, those are the things that I noticed right away.
1: I do remember you, know, you mentioned coming here and uh, doing your interview with Tony Baselli. I was actually the ratty little reporter who talked to you under the stands that day. Uh, so I remember you being here well. But the only thing I remember from that interview was as much as you talked about technique that day, you talked about the fact that you liked the tough streak. You like the fact that he played a little nasty. Uh, yeah. And to me, after that, watching Tony, it was always what separated him. I'm not saying other guys didn't play nasty, but boy, that was there for him, wasn't it?
0: Well, and I think you need that. I think, you know, and that's what I share with young guys. I said, you're not out there as an offensive lineman. First of all, your job is to protect and to open up holes. You're not there to make friends with defensive players and, You know, of course, uh, you know, defensive linemen don't like when you go all the way to the when the whistle's blown. I mean, and that's how I was trained. And that's what I love to see, you know, guys now. I mean, there's he's not a tackle, but he's a guard here in Indianapolis, Quentin Nelson. And that's what he does. I mean, the guys that are the best are the guys that do that. They try to finish. And we always had shirts that, you know, our line coach, Jim McNally, it said finish on our shirts that we would wear. And, And, you know, that's what I love. And I think not only going to the whistle, but that that says that you have a little bit of that nastiness. You want to finish guys. You want to dominate guys. And and I'm sure, uh, you know, because I played at USC, that's where I was taught that. In fact, I found my freshman playbook the year after I retired from the NFL and the first page in my freshman at USC playbook, it had in block letters, dominate. And then you open to the next page and it said, we will dominate from the first play when until the fourth quarter, and they will surrender. And that – I would imagine because Tony played for John Robinson, that was the mentality. And that's the mentality he had in the NFL.
1: And there is a fraternity there, isn't there? The, uh, the uh, left tackles from SC, people don't talk about that that much, but that matters to you guys, doesn't it?
0: It does. I mean, you know, y- people talk about, you know, running back, you, wide receiver, DB, you, you know, we look at uh, the linemen. I wouldn't mind, you know, and with all due, there are some great offensive linemen that I would love to play with uh, in the Hall of Fame. But if I took Ron Yerry, Ron Mix, Tony Baselli, Bruce Matthews, I mean, that's, you know, we got a pretty good uh, offensive line. I, I told Tony, uh, I wouldn't mind moving inside and playing left guard, letting Mix and Yerry play next to each other. And, you know, Tony said, no, you, you'd play left tackle. I'd play. I said, well, we can interchange. And, you know, Bruce <laughs> Matthews, he can play center guard or tackle, you know, so he played all position. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that that was, you know, that's what's so frustrating right now for me as a former Trojan is to see where we're lacking. And I'm excited about Lincoln Kennedy, you know, going to the college game about what he's doing and what he's going to do. And we're hoping that he brings, you know, he's got some great skill people he's bringing in, but hopefully we get those offensive linemen like Tony and like Bruce Matthews and Yerry and, you know, Ron mix. And, you know, you can just go on and on with a lot of Sam Baker, younger guys that played there, you know, and uh, you know, Tyron Smith, who's at, you know, the Cowboys, another left tackle. So, you know, yeah, it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I'll be sure when we're in Canton, I always take a, an offensive lineman picture. I always take an offensive tackle picture. And now it's time to take a uh, USC offensive line picture because we got quite a few guys. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so we do take pride in that. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, kind of shrug and roll their eyes. But uh, I'm sure they're excited about their college that they played at and the number of guys that they have in the hall.
1: No doubt. I'll... I'll... I'll just ask you one more, and then I'll let you go. But, um, you know, he waited so long in uh, retrospect uh, to get in because of the injuries, because of everything we all know about. Um, but I think somebody said right around the time that he got in, once you're in, it doesn't matter how long you wait, does it? You, you're you there, you're part of it, and, you know, it, it's a— uh, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to ask, but— uh, He's part of it now, right? And the weight's behind you. This is where he – and I, I guess this is where he belongs.
0: You know what? He's a Hall of Famer now, and that's all that matters. I mean, all the other stuff, I'm sure it still hangs with guys. Hey, it took this long. I should have been here. I should – people say this and that. But, you know, it's – you're in. I mean, you're a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All this other stuff, the matchups, the, you know, how you played against this guy or that guy – that doesn't matter, especially as the brotherhood, man. We're brotherhoods now. I mean, one of my toughest guy was Bruce Smith. We don't talk anything about matchups or, you know, we we would prefer nobody talk about matchup because we're in this brotherhood together. We're Hall of Famers. Tony's now a Hall of Famer. He's part of the brotherhood. All this other stuff doesn't matter how many years he played or this or that. He's, he can write HOF 22 now by his name, and that's that's all that matters is he is a – put. Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, and I know a lot of that is still going to be brought up, but, you know, it's like, hey, like Deacon Jones, the great member of the fearsome foursome L.A. Rams, used to say, this is a team that we will never get cut from, we will never be traded from, we can never be waived from. Tony and I and, you know, Bruce Smith and Bart Starr and, you know, Dante of Valley we will always be teammates together. And that's it. We're Hall of Famers, and we're in forever now. So that's all that matters.
1: That's a football historian right there who just pulled Dante Lavelle. That's impressive stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's, Blue uh,
0: fingers, it, it, Lavelle. It, it, no doubt.
1: <laughs> hey, Anthony, I can't tell you uh, what an honor this was for you to join us, You know, uh, to share with the Jaguars fans uh, some of your thoughts on what's going on. Uh, it means so much to us. It means so much to me. I know it means a lot to Tony as well. Anthony Munoz, I can't thank you enough for joining us, and I I look forward to seeing you in Canton this
0: summer. Hey, Shane here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to your show, and uh, it's going to be a great weekend, uh, first weekend of August up in Canton, Ohio. Thank you.